Hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of Talking Deer. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Tim. We're excited about this. It's uh, it's going to be a fun one today. So quickly, before we dive into the topic, Joe, have you done anything hunting-related this week? That would be a negative, actually. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, I, actually, you know what? We killed a coyote the other day. Oh, yeah. Feeding cattle. We killed a coyote, so that was that was pretty sweet. I did not kill it. But I spotted it. <laughs> so well, good job, man. Yeah. What about you? Anything? Uh, really, not much. We've had a lot of snow on the ground. I did Friday evening. I kind of tweaked my mobile hunting setup a little bit, and just kind of practiced putting it together, my climbing sticks in my stand, and taking them apart. But other than that, not much. Nice. Right on. So, what's our topic for today? Our topic for today, Tim. I think we're going to be talking about the. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know. Why. You didn't know what we're talking I don't know about. What we're talking about? No, I think what stand placement. I think we're talking about stand placement. Stand yeah. placement, yeah. And what what to look for when you're putting up a new stand, and um, kind of all the aspects of of that. Right on. So, Joe, do you have a favorite deer stand? And if so, what mm-hmm. makes it your favorite? So, yes, I do have a favorite, and uh, what makes it my favorite is probably the several trails coming together as they enter from the wood line into the field. Um, It's a really nice straight tree. I can get up pretty high in it. It's got some really nice cover. Excuse me. And... uh, and depending on the food source, it's usually pretty productive all the time. You can see a lot of deer. Yeah. I mean, we didn't hunt that stand the last time we hunted together. But the last time we hunted together, we were just about 150 yards from there. We saw goodness knows how many deer, yeah. 30, 40 plus deer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was a good night. But that that's probably my my prime. You got good bedding to the south with the northwest wind, north wind. Nah, northwest wind, I guess. Yep. It's a, it's pretty pretty good okay so say you get permission on a brand new property <clears throat> i'm sorry we just played basketball and we're wore out and uh, if we're just if this is just not yeah it's just it's been tough <laughs> let me tell you say you get permission on a new property what sorts of things are you looking for to say that's my tree that's where i want to hunt so I want a tree with a nice, nice cover to it <laughs> to conceal my movement. You know? Okay, yeah, because you move a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like to pack snacks to a tree, <laughs> tree stand, uh, and uh, you know those oatmeal cream pies are where it's at, really. So it's all about the tree for you. Doesn't matter where the tree is, huh? As long as I can't see me. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> no, I'm looking for a lot of trails. Um, obviously, you're looking for. Uh, your scrapes and rubs and if you got a rub line leaning leading down to a food plot or to your field or or whatever that's you know you're looking for those rub lines scrape lines anything and everything you know right so a lot of a lot of sign and a lot of buck sign too because you know we like to shoot bucks yeah yeah for sure what do you what are you looking for well i would say one thing that you didn't touch on was access yeah, that's um, a big one. Yeah, so I don't want to be scaring all the deer off the property as I walk to my stand. And I have gotten a little bit more aggressive over the years, actually. I used to say, you know, I'm just going to hunt the fringes, you know, not going to dive into the thick stuff. And it seems like every year I get a little bit more aggressive. But 
I still try to make my access reasonable where I'm not alerting deer by either my sound or my scent or them seeing me. So I, I, I try to do as best as I can, um, keeping some sort of cover between me and where I think the deer are bedded. That's a really good point. With access, um, have you have you messed around with getting picked up out of like a vehicle or something? Because <laughs> I, I have, and it, it was pretty – pretty crazy having someone picking me up you know i've done that once or twice so you're talking about when you're done hunting when you're yeah when you're done hunting especially if you're you hunting don't want to blow source. the field yeah yeah so you probably have this problem more than i do i don't hunt much ag or much food in general at this point but uh i know this season especially late season you've had as many as 50 60 deer in the field uh-huh. by the end of the evening so what you're saying is when you get done hunting, having somebody clear the field with a truck yeah. rather than Versus seeing a hunter. them seeing you where you're getting out of your spot. You've been sitting all night and you know blowing the whole field. I think that's a great tip. And it seems like those deer aren't very scared of vehicles because they're so used to seeing them. So they just run back into the cover 100 yards and then come back out 10 minutes later. Some of, the, some of the deer didn't even leave the field. They just got to the edge of the field. That's never when flagged. you know you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to get away from the dinner table but that that blew my mind but yeah about access <laughs> i remember joe we were at the lake one uh-huh. time and you showed me joe hunts this 80 acre property that he calls the 80 and he showed me where he parks and where he set up his blind and it was literally on the opposite side of the farm and i said joe what are you doing man <laughs> the, it's a really good farm to hunt i really like the farm but with a northwest wind it's really tough, and the spot I wanted to get to <laughs> is amazing after you're in it. Yeah. But the only way to get in it really is to access it by walking clear across the field I'm hunting. Yeah, and after after seeing the I farm— did, I, I did kill a buck that morning. You did, and it was a pretty nice one. So, yeah, after, after seeing the setup, I kind of understood a little bit more. Man, I gave you a hard time about that. It's tough. And that's something that you should really be looking into as you're trying to get on new property is uh, access and getting out. Getting in and out of your spots. Really look at where that timber is laying on the north side of the property or on the south side with different wind directions. That's really important. Right. So one other question I would have is, so say you have a spot that's just dynamite in September and early October. And then, you know, late October it dries up and you think, oh, all the deer left. I don't know where they are. Or what's going on? Um, what speak to the difference between tactics early season in terms of where to be hunting, or uh, late season, or during the rut? Well, the deer um, their their food schedule is going to change. So that early season, as soon as those acorns start dropping, they're probably going to lay off of the ag fields. You know, they're going to get more into the timber and eating those acorns. And then um, those beans, beans especially, you know, corn, you know, I don't really know. Corn seems more like a late season food source to me. Um, Beans are really good still. But when those beans are really young and in the pod, they're really um, soft. And those deer, they're really good for the deer. And the deer will eat the flowers and eat. That's when you see them on the beans Mm -hmm. quite a bit. And as that changes and beans get get more mature and get harder, then uh, then they tend to move off of them. So correct me if I'm wrong, but if you have food, early season and late season is a great time. So early season meaning you know the first couple weeks of season, September through early October, and then yeah. late season meaning 
December and January, great time to key in on food in the yeah. travel corridors going Yeah, for sure. If I have a bean field or a corn field, that first week, two weeks of um, season, I'm definitely keying in around there. And it all depends on your camera pictures, too. If you don't have crops, I talk a lot about crops because I have – there's quite a few around here where I'm at. But, um, Tim, you're more around the wooded areas, I'd say. Yeah, I had a lot of <clears> – <throat> excuse me – very small, <laughs> very small suburban properties and uh, what – you know, if I want to hunt a food source, it's a lot of random stuff. A lot of times it's acorns, especially in October. When those acorns start dropping, it just does seem like a big magnet. So if you got hardwoods with, you know, oaks in it, acorns are a great thing to be keying in on. And I've had pretty good success keying in on acorns. Even um, clover and, mm-hmm. uh, and, like, if you're hunting suburban and backside of a yard or something, I think, you know, there's patches of clover out there, and that can be really good, too. There's a deer like clover a lot. So I hunt in this neighborhood on the south side of Columbia, and uh, I hunt this ten acre lot in this neighborhood. And I've you know killed a doe out there before. But right now, as you drive down the main stretch through the neighborhood, there's these medians in the neighborhood that have oak trees in them, and in the snow. You, I kid you not, the deer have been at, at night hammering these acorns because it's the last food source that's available. Yeah. So every night they've been coming out and in the middle, in the smack middle of the neighborhood, they've been eating all these acorns out of the snow. That's that's pretty interesting. So finding stuff like that, I mean, obviously when you're in ag, it's a lot more obvious, but finding mm-hmm. stuff like that is pretty unique and it's fun. It's a challenge. Yeah, right on. How would you say uh, your rut spots versus that early season to – you know october range differ so yeah when you're looking for a stand location in early october you really want to be keyed in on food because that's kind of what the deer are but they kind of have a mindset shift it seems mid-october mid to late october where you know some of these does are you know kind of starting to smell pretty and they they start thinking about these does and so you really want to put yourself in a position to be where the does are because um, wherever the does are, late October, early November, the bucks are going to be checking. So if you have a spot that you were hunting early season that it seemed like these does were bedded here all the time and you would hunt there and you'd see like eight does every time you hunted and very few bucks and you were frustrated about that. Well, maybe instead of going a, on, it actually could be a dynamite. It could be a really good spot. It could be a dynamite spot come the rut. So yeah. I like to key in on kind of thick cover that I know that does bed in. Yeah, that's really good. I think – I think that's that can lead to some really good success. So you early in the podcast, you started touching on what kind of tree you liked it. Did you? Is that true? Did we ever touch on that? I can't mm, remember. Yeah, I think so. So you were kind of touching on what kind of tree you wanted some to nice hang in. cover to it. Yep. But what does the shape of the tree usually look like? Is it at a forty-five degree angle or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, usually, if I can get into, I mean. A straight tree out there is going to be pretty tough to find. If it's angling away from the area that I am trying to hunt, that is my go-to. If it's kind of angling towards the brush and where I can't, where I'm not expecting deer to come from, like a slight angle, kind of yep. slight angle away um, from where they're going to be coming from. That's where that's that's way more comfortable than sitting with it sitting in a tree where. Uh, well, yeah, it's kind of like a recliner, where, leaning back like yeah. that. That's <laughs> yeah, like a lazy boy up there. <laughs> right on. So, yeah, again, like when you're looking at a new property, keying in on sign is obviously important. But another thing would be if you think you found a dynamite spot and you set up in it 
just seeing where the deer are actually moving. If you can set up in a spot like the first time you hunt on property where you can see a long ways, then you can see, oh, well, it seems like the deer are actually coming in 200 yards over there and you yeah. can move to that spot. Observation sets are awesome to have to be able to view where the deer are coming and going. You, Yeah, like you said, you learn a lot from it and then you can go from there and get more aggressive and get closer to where you, where the deer are actually coming out of. So we touched on in our bonus episode the kind of stands that we like to use. And so if you haven't listened to that, we'll just go ahead and tell you. Joe and I, we really like to use lock-on or hang-on stands with climbing sticks to get up in the tree. It seems like, A, they're easy to hang, and B, they're extremely comfortable once you get in there. If you're scared of heights, <laughs> I mean, if you're scared of heights, and maybe go with a ground blind. But <laughs> Well, I, I would say – I would say with uh, with that aspect of it, not one to get very high in a tree. If you're in a tree with a lot of cover, I know I've touched on this kind of jokingly, but really, if you if you're in a tree with a lot of cover and uh, you got the right wind, there's no reason you can't kill deer ten, fifteen feet high. You know, there's no reason to be thirty. Yeah, I think it's very situational. I sent you a Snapchat this this season. I hung a stand that was like nine feet high because that's uh-huh. where the cover was, and that's where I wanted to be. That's where I felt the most comfortable that a deer well, wasn't going to bust me. your tree can change. I mean, your tree's yeah. going to do all sorts of stuff up there. Yeah, but ironically, I mean, that stand that I hung was 200 yards from my highest stand, which was probably 31 feet up in the air, and it's just situational. That stand I put high because – I was kind of down in the valley, and I didn't want the deer to be, like, right at eye level with me. That's a really good point. Yeah, you, you try not to be eye level with, with the deer. I've had that problem before, and uh, it's, you know, deer 100 yards in the timber, and they can – they're eye level with you, and you're like, well – Well, yeah, they see you getting sticks. your Twinkies out of your backpack, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, there he goes again, <laughs> getting his snacks. Uh. But yeah, what else, Joe? Anything come to mind? Um, let's see. Visual observations. I, I, we've kind of talked on that with like as far as trails. So here's and, a question uh, for you. Can I ask yeah, you a question? Yeah. So I've been tweaking my mobile hunting setup, my mm-hmm. climbing sticks in my stand, and I'm kind of wondering. I have, I had this question that I was asking myself earlier today. I was like, if I am you know in mid October hunting with my mobile setup. And I get set up at 2.30, and then at 3.15, I've got a few does or a couple young bucks walk by a couple hundred yards down the ridge. Do I move to where they are, or do I just say, you know what, I'm confident in this spot. I'm going to stay here. What would you do in that situation? I think I think that's a really tough situation. If you're, if you're in a spot where you have done <clears throat> the scouting and you feel that it's a really good spot, there's a lot of trails coming to where you're hunting, you think um, – it would be tough. It would be tough for me personally to move and get down and move, but we we've kind of talked on this a little bit about uh, um, where the first couple of does come out. It kind of sets the pace. Not all not all the time, but it kind of sets the pace for where deer are going to be coming out and where they're going to be traveling. So, I you know it just depends on the situation. But I would I would be pretty tempted if you see three, four does, five does, whatever. And little scrub bucks going through there, yeah, I'm probably going to move to where I'm within 20 yards of that, that trail. Gotcha. Just on the downwind side. Yeah. Should we talk about wind now or should we save that for another podcast? Um, you know, we can we can touch on it a little bit. So I guess briefly what I would say is you obviously don't want your wind and your scent blowing towards the deer, but 
uh, some guys out there make the argument you also don't want it right on the bridge of your nose either because mm-hmm. big smart bucks aren't going to be putting themselves in a situation that's you know they're right you know you're at full advantage but i don't know i also don't know about that i think there's certain situations where you can have the wind in the bridge of your nose and be fine because you know deer are going to travel or deer are going to travel and i don't know what are your thoughts on that i think i think wind is really important and it plays a big role in the hunting but i think you can also put a big emphasis in it to where it can almost get you down as far as when you're looking in the weather and you're like, man, I just do not have a good wind this uh, this week or this next 10 days or anything. Um, I would say, I mean, hunting is hunting. When you've got an opportunity to get out and hunt, like, go out and hunt. Like, I've a guy told me that one time. And uh, while wind is still important, um, you know, it's, it's not – I mean, most guys are going to say it's everything. And it, it is a lot, but – I mean, bucks are just dumb during the rut. That's and, true. And, I mean, you could sit in a spot where the wind is marginal and get away with it. Well, I'd say we're a little bit, not to throw ourselves under the bus here, but we're a little bit lazier than some of those hardcore guys. You hear Mark Jury always talking about, like, if if you see, like, if he thinks that his wind is going to be alerting deer to his presence, he's gone. He gets he gets yeah. out of there and goes to a different spot. And for me and you, I, I feel like we're at a place in our lives where we're like, well, and it might not be the smartest thing in the world, but we're like, well, you know, we're here, we're set up, we've only got today to hunt, and we don't have another setup on this farm. I'm just going to stick it out. To touch on that, I have been in a situation before where I know my wind is really marginal, and I and it's I probably shouldn't be in that certain stand, and. Uh, when I have deer blown at me in the timber as they're not even <laughs> they're not even to the food yet. I I I didn't but I should have I should have just gotten down. That's a situation where you should probably that's, that's get where out of there. that's where you're yeah. like, okay. Yeah, you don't want these your deer aren't wind, even getting to where I can see them. You don't want your wind blowing me. straight to where the deer are coming from. Yeah, that's I, true. I think I think in that situation I just need to climb out of the stand. But I was just go like, take a nap. <laughs> I, you know, but being being crunched for time, you know, maybe you sit in a spot that is not as productive or as good. But if your wind is better for that spot, you know, it's such a shot in the dark for uh, for deer where they're going to be. You know, yeah, shot in the dark. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, well, anything else before we wrap up? I don't know. You have any any closing thoughts? I would say don't get so stuck in one spot that you're afraid to move. I've seen guys who have just gotten aggressive and have extremely successful hunts based on, you know, I'm not seeing deer. I'm going to move over to the next ridge. And so that's kind of my pro tip. And we're talking extremely aggressive. Like they see a buck eating acorns on a ridge top heading in a certain direction and they feel confident enough to climb out of their stand, creep around that ridge on the ground, and that was Aaron from uh, the Hunting Public. Oh, yeah. I didn't know where you were I going mean, with that. I was like, that's not what I was talking about. <laughs> that but, is yeah, my, that's true. I mean, those guys are so aggressive. They are extremely aggressive. And he yeah. killed that buck, and it was a really nice buck. Yeah, he shot him at like nine yards nine, or yeah. something stupid. I don't know. Not everybody can do that. I know I can't. I, I <laughs> I can't. Maybe with practice. Yeah. But, yeah. 
It, it's all situational too. If you're on public property that you might never hunt again or out of state somewhere, you know, you have nothing to lose, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Well, anyway, get out there and enjoy creation. Yep. Have a good one, y'all. See ya.